As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that isn't really actually made for you. It's made for your dog. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or if able to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Thunder Sisters. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he is the better man. Emphasis on the better. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. But not on the man. <laughs> but not on the man. Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And would you also please welcome... Joining us as our guest this week, uh, she'll never apologize for an effective kill circle. It's Susan Kamyab Stevens. Woo! Uh, Thanks, guys. Uh, yes, welcome, Susan. We are uh, glad to have you here. Uh, Susan and I met through the Critics' Choice Association. Uh, I believe it was on the Irishman Netflix trip, I think was the first time uh, so, we hung right? out. So that's about a year ago, a little Gosh. over a year ago, exactly. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's been about a year. Uh, she is a film critic in Irving, Texas, uh, and a member of the CCA, also a member of the Dallas-Fort Worth Film Critics Association, and you can find all of her stuff at thischicksflicks.com. That's with an X on chicks and an X on flicks, uh, thischicksflicks.com. Uh, Susan, it's an absolute privilege to have you joining us to talk movies this week. Um, Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I figure we'll get we'll get started by kind of talking about how you fell in love with movies. Like, how do you find yourself? We all have a different story to kind of find ourselves uh, in this place. But how do you find yourself as a movie critic? You know, a lot of people are interested in like, how do you become a movie critic? So, how what was your path kind of like? Gosh, it's, that's such a tough question. It's a good one, but um, I mean, I've always loved film as a kid. I think it's. My gateway was Disney movies. I was obsessed. I have the VHS of like all my Disney classics. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I really had a connection to movies when I first watched The Breakfast Club. It's my all-time favorite movie. Uh, I just remember, I don't know, it ne no film at, at such a young age like moved me the way that did. And then after that, I just knew I really wanted to do a job that involved 
uh, movies. And originally I thought I wanted to be an actress, which would have been so bad because I'm a horrible <laughs> actress. Like that is not a good idea. I did theater and, um, things like that in like high school and middle school, but it wasn't until my senior year of high school, I was on the news team. And then I kind of, I did an internship at where I work now, uh, Irving television and they had film reviews and I was like oh wait this is like such an awesome thing I get the best of both worlds kind of like a performance aspect in there and then I get to talk about movies on top of that we can interview directors and actors about their movies it's seriously a dream job it's it's amazing so um that's really how I got I, I was an intern there and from there got into the movie world and blessed to be part of critics association for sure yeah and how long was uh, is this like your second year first year it's just my second year yeah that's what i thought yeah Yeah. i thought you joined uh about a year ago Mm -hmm. um how long ago how long have you been doing the like the official movie reviewing uh in texas uh 10 years nice yeah that's awesome that's great um that is uh, that is very similar to uh, my own story, and I think the story of many of our colleagues as well, is that you just find yourself in a position where you love talking about movies. You would talk about movies if nobody ever paid attention to you, <laughs> which right. which happens sometimes. Uh, you find yourself referencing, like, right. it's a language. It's a language. Right, yeah, exactly. It's a culture almost. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then some, somebody says, hey, you speak that language pretty well. Why don't you <laughs> yeah. tell our viewers about this? And you're like, okay. <laughs> and then it just, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I wish it were more, you know, romantic than that, but it really is kind of place and time, as with many jobs, place and time and, um, you know, taking advantage of circumstances when they come and, and just kind of going for it. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned breakfast club. I feel like, I feel like we all owe like a, like a, a fist pump, you know, Andrew, yes. join us, join us. It's the end of breakfast club. <laughs> there you go. All right. We got it going on. Very nice. Uh, all right. We're going to have a fun show today. Uh, Susan, you have joined us, uh, to talk about the movie run, uh, as well as talk about the crudes sequel, which I actually don't have the, what, what is the f- official name of new that age. movie? New age. The new yeah. age. Yeah. Crudes. Crudes a, a new age. I think. Yeah. The crudes colon a new age. I think that is mm-hmm. correct. So we're going to talk about those, those movies. We're also going to do uh, best ever Sarah Paulson movies, not an extensive filmography from uh, Sarah, but uh, enough that we can pick out some that we love. Uh, yeah, too so bad we're not including TV shows. Yes. That's, I, you know what? I Let's just talk about it now. You know what? Sarah <laughs> Paulson has, has done some good TV work, such as, yeah. Susan, what's some of your favorite Sarah Paulson TV? Well, if I had it, my number one was going to be uh, OJ versus the people. Right. Her role in that was... I, God, phenomenal. I mean, that there's a reason why she like swept that yeah. award season. She was yeah. so good. Yeah. Is that what you were going to mention too, Andrew? Or were you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, she has, you know, others, but that's the one that really stands out. Like as I was going through the list, I'm like, really wish I could put that on the list. Yeah. And then whenever I saw that uh, Susan put it on her, I'm like, yeah, I hate to do it to you, but no, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I had that and I had like, she's in American Horror Story and she does a lot of great roles in that, but like especially her season three, The Coven, she was so good in that. I had that as yeah. well. Yeah. I haven't actually del- delving into the American Horror Story shit. And I hear it's uh, non-chronological, like it's a... Uh, it's an, like it's an anthology. Antho- yeah. Anthology. Yeah. So can you jump into any season or 
do you just recommend going from the beginning and moving on? I think you get a lot more out of it if you go from the beginning, just because Ryan Murphy, he does a good job of every season can reference back to previous seasons. So you'll, you'll, Mm. it's very, it's still connected, but you could, you could totally watch, you could watch season three and be fine. But it's, it's just you get more. It's I don't watch it. I watched a, a few episodes uh, of the first season. I'm just not a horror person anyway. So a lot of even a lot of the references and a lot of the the tropes that it's playing on just aren't mm-hmm. necessarily appealing to me. But I think it's very similar to Fargo in the an- anthology aspect in that Fargo also touches on little bits and pieces from other seasons. Um, the only difference with uh, my understanding of AHS is that it uses a lot of the same performers right like that's so that's interesting that that it does that so it can be confusing at times too a little bit because you're like wasn't this person weren't they just like brother and sister and now they're (laughs) lovers and i I don't know it's it's, a little i'm a little weirded out right now uh that you made these two after they were brother and sister be romantically involved (laughs) yeah i totally would get that that makes a lot of sense uh so we're gonna go through that and the best ever challenge and of course we'll have some buried treasure um at the end, uh, but let's kick it off with a review. Let's talk a little bit about Run. You do everything for me. You teach me. You cook for me. Am I a burden? Sweetheart, I could do more. I'm your mom. It's my job to take care of you when you need me. And you need me. An isolated teen discovers her mother's sinister secret. That is the entire description of the movie run. Uh, Because you know what? We don't want to give anything away. And there are plenty of spoilers here. We will do a little bit of a spoiler recording for you guys uh, that will appear in your podcast feed. Um, If you're watching this live... Uh, you'll have to subscribe to the podcast to listen to that. Um, so just search for Sif Pop in your podcast player. But yeah, we'll do some spoilers on this because honestly, this is going to be interesting to tiptoe around this um, because it is definitely a movie that, you know, there's there is a very big thing about this movie that the movie I think does a fine job at presenting to us that I don't I don't necessarily want to spoil. So, you know, we'll kind of keep it pretty broad at this point and talk about performances, uh, some of the things going on. Uh, Susan, I don't think I've told you this. We start off every review by categorizing a movie into uh, one of five categories. Liked it, loved it, disliked it, hated it, or it was just okay. Um, so, you know, basically we put them uh, in one of those categories for every movie we do. Andrew, for example, right now, will tell us, Andrew, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? <sighs> I think I'm going to go with it was okay. Just okay. Yeah. Just okay. I'm going to go with the low side of liked it. I'm kind of on the, I think I liked this movie, but not like a strong like. Um, What about you, Susan? I'm going to go with liked it, but just a very like, Right, middle, right in the middle. Right in the middle. This just movie. liked it. Yeah. But yeah. But this okay. is definitely my kind of movie too, though. Nice. Well, why don't you yeah. kick us off then a little bit? Tell us a little bit of your general thoughts on on Run. Uh, so it reminded me, and it kind of, I wasn't sure if it was going to be that, but I look at it like a very well-made, well-performed Lifetime movie. It was a good production <laughs> Lifetime fair. movie. Yeah. It's so, and I, as someone who loves Lifetime movies... That's why it was right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, is entertaining. I mean, the performances were so strong. I think that's enough to, to hook you in. But there's a lot of stupidity in this movie that, that 
oh man, it can be very frustrating to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll get into to some of that in the, the spoiler, some of the specific uh, stupidity going on in this movie. I, I think you're right. I think the reason I end up in the liked it category is um, maybe I, I, the lifetime of movie thing doesn't necessarily appeal to me uh, as, <laughs> as much as it might to you, but the, the performances do, and they are good going for it in this movie uh sarah paulson um and kiera allen i believe um as kind of our primary performers here and man i just i bought both of them now i didn't necessarily buy what the script was doing to them on occasion like making them do but as far as their performance of the material they were given um i i absolutely thought it was authentic and i found myself at times during run really invested which i was not expecting um and i think a lot of that has to do with the performance uh performances andrew what about you yeah i'm right there with both of you i think the performances are the same embrace for this film um i uh i'm especially impressed with uh kira allen uh because as this is the first time i would ever seen her she is actually a uh, wheelchair user uh in real life and from what I'm reading, she's the first uh, wheelchair user in a lead role for a thriller since the 1940s. Wow. Which, yeah, wow. Uh, I found really interesting. Hopefully mm-hmm. that is, uh, I, hopefully it's correct what I'm reading, but hopefully it's not correct. <laughs> I hope that there's been more representation. <laughs> you wish that it wasn't correct? Oh. <laughs> right, yeah, I yeah, wish yeah. it wasn't correct, exactly. Um, Sarah Paulson is doing really good work. There's, uh, without giving too much away, there's a scene in this movie where you think somebody's on a phone and then you find out they're not. And it might be one of my favorite acting moments as well as favorite shot moments in the movie because of just how, uh, it, it, it remind it reminds you of how good of an actress she is to, to, to trick somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the I think both characters suffer as the movie goes on, as the movie delves, or I should say, transcends less from thriller and more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think that this is uh, through and through kind of a really well acted movie. Yeah. yeah, the th- the thriller aspect of everything is very competently done. Um, you know, you can tell someone's done their Hitchcock homework, you know, that they understand they understand how you take a scene and you let the audience know details that they need to know to feel nervous, to feel invested, to feel excited. Um, there's there's definitely a lot going on with the ability to give the information at the right time and in the right rhythm and so i think that is another part of this movie that does work is the the thriller aspect of it and i think andrew you're right as it gets towards the end it kind of devolves a little the movie like the last 20 minutes of this movie just kind of devolves into a different movie um not completely it is the same story it is the same movie it just becomes the tone almost there's almost a tone shift about 20 minutes from the end wouldn't you say susan yeah, yeah, I can see that too. And that's probably where I really, it hits the lifetime bit because it gets oddly cheesy. Yeah. Like it just, it, it, the, the tone changes completely. That's a good way of putting it. Um, I, I don't know, like, especially even the ending itself is kind of, I don't know, it just went for, it went from an exciting thriller to just, 
kind of flat lines there. I, I am excited to talk uh, about that last coda in okay. in the, the movie in our spoiler section because it is by far my least favorite part of this movie. I, it almost ruined the movie for me. And then I was just like, no, calm down, Aaron. <laughs> Take a step back. You, you know, there's there's some decent stuff going on in the rest of the movie. But, but genuinely, that last scene was a major bummer for me because yeah. it was like it, yeah. it completed that that um you know that de-evolution of the movie uh it, it it was just like nope this is the movie we wanted to be you know welcome mm-hmm. to the movie that we wanted to be and i was like oh i thought you were going to be this kind of movie for you know 70 percent of it or whatever but um but yeah i i'm completely with you susan uh did not like that last scene uh at all mm-hmm. um man it not just plot wise and story wise, character wise. I was just like, "What are what are you doing here?" You know. The, yeah. That's what bothers me is I feel like it it really confused me with one of the characters big time. I was yeah. really confused. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely talk about that more in the spoilers. Uh, any other general thoughts um, about the production? About you know the score? Anything that kind of stood I, out to you guys? The score, yes. Uh, I think that this is a really well scored movie. I think that there there's some tension building music going on in this that i really did actually take notice of I, like certain scenes i was like "Ooh, I, I feel this music and it's working for me um there's as far as like my big negative i think the big negative is the script itself mm-hmm. like i said the performances are great but what they're given to work with is hindering them from giving you know a full out amazing performance that you know deals with believability i agree with both of you about the very last scene in this movie being frustrating and it just ruins a a character's development that we'd seen throughout and it's it's frustrating to see it thrown away like that uh but i'm not i don't regret watching this movie if that makes sense yeah. I think that's fair. And, yeah. and and kind of as we uh kind of give our finishing thoughts here, you, you know, talk about that a little bit, Susan. Like, you know, do you do you feel like you you said you liked it, would you recommend it to others? Who would you recommend it to? That kind of thing. Yeah. And and, and I did actually. I still did because I I said it it's entertaining and um I mean, you go in knowing what you're going to get to. It is just a thriller. It's fun, but I mean, I have to add I I did not know that I'm glad you told us Andrew that she was um actually a, really uses a wheelchair because the one thing I was not since uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in, um, oh, no, I'm blanking. in his movie. The what? Is it Gilbert Grape? What's eating no, Gilbert? <laughs> no, the one he should have won the Oscar for before Revenant. God, I'm going to kick Every myself. Movie Every movie he's <laughs> ever been in. <laughs> Aviator. The Gordon um, Gecko one. Oh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, Wolf, Wolf of Wall, Wall Street. Street. I don't know why yeah. I blanked on that. Yeah. But not since his, there's a scene in that movie where he's like crawling. I, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, that's so physically demanding right there. Well, mm. have I seen like a, like what? Kira is her name? Is mm-hmm. that her name? Yeah, Kira. Yeah, Kira Allen. I... I was blown away by by how much she just had to use her body in this film. That mm. was that that to me is enough to watch because I think Sarah Paulson, it's a given. She's a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. But to yeah. watch Kira perform, oh my gosh. Like this I wanna see more of her. Just just like that that to me alone, I know we, we keep talking about the performances, but she's she's really great. And yeah, I just I think it's just entertaining. I mean 
just know it's not going to be this like fantastic must see thriller, but it is fun for especially on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would, I would, uh, I would recommend it as well. I, I will say, after I'm done, I kind of go check out other people's thoughts on movies. I, t- I try to go fresh into a movie and then go see what other people are saying. I was shocked by the score in Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's in like the 90s. Like, what? Yeah, and but you know what? But but honestly, I get I get it once I think about it because Rotten Tomatoes is just an aggregate of did you like it? Did you not like it? And I can see a lot of people saying yeah, this was good. We would have all given it thumbs up, even though we don't love it. We wouldn't have said it's you know like a 90 some percent, but we would have you know been in the the fresh quote unquote category. So that's how something ends up like that, that that might feel like a more mediocre movie is because, yeah, it's it's good. And so it goes in the fresh category. So after I thought about it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's how Rotten Tomatoes works. But um, but it still was kind of like, wow, people, you know, it indicates something that isn't necessarily true about this movie. But I think it's still worth a watch um, uh, yeah. in, in that regard. Andrew, would you say the same? Yeah, I really would. Um, it's. It's not going to win any Oscars by any means. Maybe this year. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. That's very true. Uh, So the movie is run. Uh, It is on Hulu. Uh, If you want to check it out, if you have Hulu, um, you can check it out there. Uh, All right. Let's move on to The Crudes, A New Age. What the heck is that? It's the end of the world. Well, that's it for me. I'm glad it's you, Chunky. Wow. (gasps) (gasps) Isn't it strange how this food grows in perfectly straight... Genius. Searching for a safer habitat, the prehistoric crude family discovers an idyllic walled-in paradise that meets all of its needs. Unfortunately, they must also learn to live with the Bettermans, a family that's a couple of steps above the crudes on the evolutionary ladder. Uh, yeah. First question before we get to the to categorizing it. Um, were you guys begging for another crudes movie? Susan, was this something you were wanting? No, because I, I thought the first one was like so mediocre. I, I had I honestly forgot about the movie. Andrew? And, uh, honestly, before uh, this movie came out, I was like, was the first movie good? I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a while. It's definitely yeah. been a while. It's so long. Yeah. 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 Um, what about you? I, I think I liked the first one more than you guys did. Um, I here, What I enjoyed about the first it one. It wasn't memorable. Yeah, exactly. Correct. It wasn't memorable. It's, it's not very memorable. I, I like the personalities in it. Uh, you know, I'm a big Emma Stone fan, big Ryan Reynolds fan, I, you know, so that was fun for me in the first one. And I also liked the sense of action that that movie had there's a there's a real uh understanding of um the fun of animated action that i really have only other seen in like the incredibles movies where somebody who really understands how you can use animation to amp up uh action camera work action scenes that kind of stuff there the breakfast capturing scene in the first movie is great movie making it's just really fun to watch um so that kind of elevated it uh, a little bit for me um, but what did you think about this one? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, why don't you start us off this time? I am on the high side of loved it. <laughs> nice. High That's great. Uh, I'm excited now. Andrew is uh, pumped about this movie. Susan, where did you land at? Um, wait, what are the options again? I did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? 
Okay. I, I give this a higher like, a higher like. Okay. Than like, like a, yeah, a high yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, high side, I liked it. <laughs> um, that's where I'm in too. Uh, maybe even... I'll, I'll, you know, say mid side of, you know, just straight liked it. Maybe just the needles popping a little bit into high side. I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fun movie. And it really yeah. takes everything I liked about the first one and adds kind of a meaningful and interesting story. And I was like, oh, see, you know, like this is how you take a movie that was okay and make it good. And I mm-hmm. think that's really what they did here. Uh, what are some of your general thoughts, Susan? Yeah, I thought right off the bat, I thought it was way better than the first one. Um, I can't even tell you what the first one was about, really, yeah. uh, because it was that forgettable. But I loved the new edition of The Bettermans. They were hilarious. Because <laughs> it, it starts out kind of like, eh. But once they brought them in, it really got the movie going to um, a point where I was just intrigued. And the only... The only reason I don't love it is because it lost its way for me a little bit in like its final quarter, like the just the end. Mm-hmm. It didn't have like the strongest ending for me. Um, but overall, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was I thought it was very funny. I mean, it had a lot of uh, like just like I, and again, I think it comes from the Bettermans. I agree. I think it's a really funny movie. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to go let you go last and just gush all over it because uh, apparently you had a wonderful time. Um, and I had a good time too. I thought the the performances were really good. Um, really love uh, Peter Dinklage in in this. I think he's doing great stuff here. Um, as is everybody. Uh, yeah. You know the the like I said the addition of a storyline that actually was kind of meaningful um, was a big part of it for me. Uh, the first one um, was more about a father daughter like letting go kind of story. There, it's not that there wasn't any meaning in the first one. It was just more forgettable because honestly, kind of been there, done that with that story. It's a very common story told in film, coming of age, you know, uh, breaking away from your family. We've seen it a bunch of different times and and really it didn't uh, do much to distinguish itself from what we'd seen before. Um, this, however, is is really approaching something that I don't think we see, you know, all the time uh, and certainly something that I think is important in our current um, polarized culture, which is the idea of understanding people who are different than you, understanding, you know, what it means to uh, to respect people who come from a different background, who come from a different um, story than you do. And uh, man, I thought the movie touched on it in, in a really meaningful way. So I, I really enjoyed that. And like I said, makes it better than the first for me. Um, Andrew, what are some of your general thoughts? I went through my list of movies that I'd seen this year. And honestly, I was surprised, but I can confidently say this is the funniest movie of the year for me. Wow. Nice. I, la- I, laugh- I laughed more at this movie than I have at any other this year, which was surprising because I went into this with pretty low expectations low might be a, a mediocre expectation i expected to be just as good somewhere around the same sure. you know, level as the first movie that's a good way to go My, into a movie though right yeah like with lower yeah. expectations yeah that makes it really fun and i'll tell you this right now i was i was in a theater full of kids everywhere i was laughing more than all the kids i was <laughs> laughing my butt off and uh when you say full you mean socially distanced full yeah. of kids just making sure you know oh <laughs> yes yeah. 2020 yeah. full yes got it 2024 yeah um yeah uh i i love the characters there's metaphors going there's there's multiple metaphors going on in this some sub metaphors about like uh it's like a take on our relationship 
it's it's funny to say this because it's a movie about cavemen, but it, our, our reliance or our addiction to uh, screens and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that is a good. really fun fun aspect of this. But I think the main one in this is understanding and trying to, you know, be kind and appreciate and understand those, like Aaron said, that come from different backgrounds. And realizing that just because people are different than you doesn't mean they don't have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, another one of my favorite elements of this movie is how this movie has an element of it that could have easily fallen into... Uh, I'll just say like a, a crush rivalry that it immediately discards. So good. Yeah. It may be my like favorite that. thing no, about the movie. It may I be my favorite thing about the movie. Yeah. It's like we, uh, this has been done in a thousand different movies. No, this is this is the direction we're gonna go. And as soon as it did, I'm like, oh, thank you, movie. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah. for doing that. Yeah. It's it's so refreshing. Thank you, Bechdel test. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's really not. It, it presents the classic love triangle and is like, yeah, that's yeah, not that's not the shape we're going with. You know, like that's yeah. just you know, and it is. It's extremely refreshing and might be mm-hmm. my favorite part of of what they decided to 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 do um, with this movie. I was trying to think after you said Andrew, what my choice would be for funniest movie I've seen this year. I, I'd have to go back and look. Palm Springs is what immediately came to mind. But um, Palm Springs was just an. It was super funny, but it's also emotionally taxing. This mm-hmm. is just straight up a comedy fest for me. Here's the other thing about the Crudes movies uh, that this one expands upon. The first, um, they they prioritize uh, color and uh, the beauty of the screen above any kind of you know reality. Right. This is ob- this is a different universe. We don't live wherever oh, yeah. these cavemen yeah. are from. It's not Earth, you know, like it's in, you know, the combinations of different kinds of animals, you know, which is so fun, um, you know, and and so and in this one, I think even more than the first, they just embraced all that stuff. And so in some ways, you're almost watching a sci fi movie, if that makes any sense, because it's just it's such a different world. And it's obvious the movie doesn't care. The movie isn't like, you know, trying to convince you that this was actually uh, any kind of era from our own past, you know, not to mention the the scientific understanding of when prehistoric man lived with different animals, you know, like all that is, uh, you know, would be if you wanted discarded. to be accurate, um, would be completely discarded. So in the movies like, yeah, we don't care. We're just having a fun time. We're putting beautiful stuff on screen. Uh, we're going to have some fun action. And um, yeah, I think this movie does everything the first movie did uh, better and add some things that the first movie didn't do. So yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be um, be a fun one for people. Um, we say this anytime we review a movie that's only in theaters because I think the only place you can check this out uh, is in theaters. Please be safe. Uh, a recommendation yeah. of a movie is not necessarily a re- recommendation of your personal situation with uh, the pandemic that's going around all of us. Um, so understand the difference between those things. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is a big recommend for me. Um, once you're able to see it safely, I would say check this one out for sure. Um, what about you guys, Susan? What would you say? I agree. I definitely think this is uh, this is probably uh, a nice little escape from all the all the drama that's going on in our world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a fun one. I think I, I am really curious just because we we do have the Super Awards going on right now. Why? Yeah. Why do you think? How, or well, I mean, it didn't make it our cut for animated, mm-hmm. but do you think? 
it stands a chance come Oscar time, or how do you think it compares to other animated films this year? It's it's what's interesting about this. There, well, there are many things interesting about this year, but one of the interesting things about this year is that animation kind of gets a chance to come to the forefront because, as far as global pandemics and the things that they stop, animation doesn't necessarily have to be one of them. It's it's an interesting thing where people can record in their own environments. It can be animated by computers by you know people working from their own homes. Um, you know, it's it's and that's why you're seeing a lot of the animated shows on TV just continue on, whereas a lot of the live action productions are having to wade their way through it. So there's actually a lot of animated stuff this year. And, yeah, we just came through the nomination process of the animated films for the Critics Choice Super Awards uh, is what Susan's talking about, uh, which will be on the CW in early January. I think yeah. they're they're the um, the nominations uh, are out. Um, and then we will vote here shortly. And then shortly after we vote, uh, they will record like all the speeches and all that stuff remotely. And they'll put together the show for early January. I think Kevin Smith is hosting. It's going to be a blast. looks like it's Mm going to be, um, a lot of fun. Danny Fernandez, or I think, I think that's right. Uh, as hosting with him, but, um, but yeah, so it was interesting to kind of go through that process and look at what got nominated for animated films and just be like, yeah, those are all amazing. And also uh, the Crudes, A New Age could have been on there. And, you know, I think some could probably argue should have replaced, uh, you know, uh, one in, that was on there or maybe two that were on there. But again, that's kind of part of the process. And, yeah. um, you know, as far as that nomination committee goes, uh, the people on that nomination committee put their heads together and, you know, figured out what they thought the the six should be nominated. And, and, um, and yeah, I, I, I look at that. I think it's a great list. And, um you know, it's just a it's a stacked year of animation, I think. So, yeah, it is. I don't think there's a clear winner this year, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, yes, there's there's one big player still to come for most people uh, in December that uh, that I think is going to influence that discussion as well. That, of course, would be Pixar's soul. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I can see I can see it competing. I and mean, definitely if it picks up some momentum once more people have seen it and, you know, continue yeah. to to talk about it. So, yeah, yeah. it'll be between. This crudes a soul in onward. I imagine. Onward. Right, right now I think onward is like leading the pack, but it soul would be an interesting one to you know talk about. Obviously, nobody's seen it yet. Um, and also, well, not moon, nobody's it seen moon? it yet. There are a couple people here yeah. that that maybe have seen it, but Shh, <laughs> nobody's seen it. Oh, yet. right. Yes, sorry. No, right. Right. Nobody has yeah. seen it yet. Yes. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, this is definitely, uh, I would say personally, throw caution to the wind, move into the movie theater just so you can see this every single day. Wow. <laughs> no, Andrew. No, no, no. that is not. Bad that was Andrew. a That's joke. A bad that was satire. It was for entertainment purposes only. Uh, he does yeah. not mean it. Um, no. Yeah, I was just, I was trying to go back in and look at the, the nominations that we came up with in Animated. Yeah. And I mean, they're good. Uh, Onward, um, yeah. Over the Onward's Moon great. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon on Netflix, which is, that would maybe be the one most people would be like swapping the crudes for yeah. for that one. But it, I'm telling you, that is a very, Andrew, if you haven't seen Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon on Netflix, the inside Easter egg jokes, jokes in that movie, you will love. It references so many uh, alien movies in such fun and clever ways. Uh, it's it's a ton of fun. Uh, Soul we okay. mentioned, The Willoughby's mm-hmm. on Netflix, which is great. 
I and, really like the Willoughby's yeah. too. Yeah, I, and, I, I, I thought that was fun. And then Wolfwalkers on Apple TV Plus, which speaking of things that, that a lot of people haven't seen, uh, is another really incredible movie. So it's just, it's yes. a tough competition this year um, in that category. So yeah, interesting stuff. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's move on, shall we? Uh, we'll head into the best ever challenge. Before we do that, though, uh, let's thank our members of Sif Pop. Thank you to our Sif Pop members at Patreon, patreon.com slash uh, we appreciate you. We um, we could not do this without you. We recorded a members-only pre-show this week uh, with Susan and her list of shame, which, boy, oh, boy, it's a doozy this week. Uh, so if you want to hear uh, what's on Susan's list of shame and hear Andrew and I flail around trying to guess uh, which one she had actually seen, you can do that in the members-only pre-show. Um, we appreciate you. We love you. If you are interested in what it would mean to be a Sif Pop member, it's uh, just a, a s- small monthly gift to keep the, the podcast and the website going. Uh, and it happens through Patreon. And you can take a look there at the kind of fun little things that we do for our members. That's at patreon.com slash Sift Pop. And uh, appreciate you for even checking it out. All right, let's move on to our best ever challenge this week. We're going to do Sarah Paulson movies. Um, not a huge list. I think she's been in um, close to a dozen films. And uh, so we're each going to pick our top five. In fact, I have my top five plus uh, five uh, honorable mentions. So I actually have 10 that I think deserve a mention of the one she's been in. But we'll go number five to number one. And if somebody has it higher than it's mentioned, for instance, if I mention a movie at number five, but you have it at number one, you just say Trump. And we will, uh, it will be trumped and we'll move on. And Susan gave me a look like, as in the president? No, Trump was <laughs> <Yeah>. a word <laughs> long before that man existed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, wait, yes. wait, no, actually, okay, wait, could you, re- so if, repeat what that, what we're sure, supposed to Sure, sure, yeah. It, basically, you can trump any choice that you have at a higher ranking. So if I say something at number five that you have at number one, you uh-huh. trump it and we'll wait to talk about it until you've got it at number one. Uh, and that way we can talk, the person who has it higher on the list can start the conversation. Okay. So just a way to kind of keep it that way. Um, Andrew, why don't you kick us off with your number five Sarah Paulson movie? Number five, I have Bird Box. Yeah. Okay. It's an, it's an okay movie. Yeah. It's fine. But like we said, her, her filmography, filmography isn't as expansive as one might think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that this movie was really riding the tailcoats of A Quiet Place and trying to pull the unique element of either hiding or maneuvering around evil creatures or entities, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's definitely where the intrigue... And I think that the intrigue leading up to this movie really did it a, a disservice because it couldn't deliver on what people wanted it to be. But I still think that the acting in it is good. I think that Sandra Bullock is great for the amount, excuse me, for the amount of time that Sarah Paulson's in it. She's good. And uh, yeah, the movie is, it exists. (laughs) (laughs) I had it in my honorable mentions. I thought it was worth a mention. It certainly was a big hit for Netflix. I mean, it was kind of one of those things. Oh, it's huge. Well, and and I think it was one of the first movies that proved that the stuff that, that, was streaming only could have a cultural impact. Like there was, there was definitely a meme culture that came from it. There was definitely, you know, a lot of stuff that happened with that movie. And it was kind of oh, one yeah, of the bird box challenge. Yeah. And it was kind of one of the, the first 
you know, streaming only movies to show we can own the conversation, you know, without being in theaters. Um, So I I think it was a big deal for Netflix. And I think I enjoyed it more than most, um, but I'm I'm well aware of its flaws. Um, You definitely enjoyed it a lot more than some of your other co-workers i don't know who you're talking about andrew oh. i don't know what you're what you're saying here <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i had a decent time with it uh susan what do you have at number five um well i want to say that i purposely did not put bird box on my list i mm-hmm. avoided that because i just i loved a quiet place so much and i was like how dare this right. movie try sure. <laughs> and sure. but yeah. even though the performances were good i just i didn't like that movie yeah yeah um i get but, it yeah, so it exists, like you said. Uh, but number five, this was so hard because a lot of the <laughs> movies that Sarah Paulson is in, she's like in it for like five minutes. Sure, but, but that's okay. Yeah, but whatever. I, I went with the other sister, which... Okay, I, I didn't even have that on my list. Yeah, I I just really like that movie. Um, I It has a lot of nostalgia for me just because I that was like a period in life way before YouTube and DVR where it would repeatedly be on like U, USA or TBS that or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I would like crave any movie that like USA would have like a lineup of just movies back to back. And if that wasn't one was on, I would just be like, oh, yay, yay, mm. movie for the day. You're preaching. Um, You're pre. Listen, you kids don't know how good you have it. That's all I'm I saying. <laughs> we no would sit Netflix. with our remote. We would sit with our remote controls and just be like, you know. Yeah. Uh, do, do you remember the guide channel? Yes, like of if course. you missed you missed you're on like a hundred, you're like, mm-hmm. crap, I gotta wait for like mm-hmm. to get to the channels I actually have. Yeah. And you'd see what was coming up. Yep. And so yeah, like I would usually park it at USA or mm-hmm. TNT, whatever, like would have movies. And the other sister was definitely in that lineup. And it's I mean, I don't know how it holds up now. But at the time, <laughs> it was, it made me cry. It made me laugh. It had everything. Nice. So, well, yeah. very and nice. Sarah Paulson's in it. She's, she's, she's the sister to the other sister. She's the other, oh. other sister. <laughs> yeah. In the other sister. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, yeah, Sarah Paulson is also in my movie, although a little bit of a bigger role. Uh, my number five is Ocean's Eight. Um, Trump. I, all right, all right, <laughs> nicely right. done. You did that perfectly, you did right. perfectly, okay, Susan. I did we, that right. We will wait to talk about uh, Ocean's Eight uh, until Susan uh, has it. So, Andrew, what do you have at number four? Uh, I think mine's gonna get trumped as well. I have the post at number four. Yeah, definitely gonna trump that. Definitely gonna trump yeah. that. Uh, right. Susan, what's your number four? Your, my number four is Abominable. 
Oh, yeah. I have that in my honorable mentions as well. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. She was, I mean, she, it was obviously her voice, but she did a really great job. And that was a super cute movie. It was really sweet. Yeah. Is that the one with uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Zach Galifianakis? No. No, that's the, that's, um, oh my God. You know, I know all, what, it, what it All what the it Yeti movies that came out at yeah. the oh, same time. Oh, The Missing time. Link, I think. Yeah. Yes, that something. was The Missing Link. Right. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't know who else. It has a really great Coldplay soundtrack in a bomb. That was an Ardman movie, I think, The Missing Link was. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, no, this is this is a different Yeti movie, uh, yeah. computer-generated, animated. Um, yeah. But no, it's it's cute enough. It's good stuff. Yeah. Not a bad choice. Um, let's see if I can get my number four through without being uh, trumped. Uh, my number four is Mud. This came out a few years ago with yeah, Matthew McConaughey. All right. Oh. I figured. I figured you right. might. Uh, Andrew, what do you got at uh, number three? I'll say this. My top three, I love all of these movies. Like, confidently love. And honestly, my number two and my number three are interchangeable. I was going back and forth which one I love more, so just keep that in mind. Uh, number three, I have Serenity. Nice. Good choice. That is also my number three, so we can go ahead and talk okay. about it now. Yeah. Um, my love of Firefly knows no bounds, and I think that the movie was an incredible addition to the story. Um, it was heartwarming. It was heartbreaking. It was just great seeing all those characters again. And uh, it's one of two Chiwetel Ejiofor movies on my list that deal with uh, people on the run. <laughs> nice. You got a little theme going. Yeah. Uh, I echo your thoughts on Serenity as a huge Firefly, uh, Firefly fan. Um, it was a nice little coda to the series. For so long, there was so much pain with that show just because it had so yeah. much promise and just was completely uh, mishandled by Fox and, um, you know, was gone way too soon. And so to have this as something to be like, hey, here's a, a little more taste of this universe that you loved, um, I think was really nice. And kind of one of those first examples of what is just so, unfortunately, in many cases, commonplace now of taking you know, IP that, you know, didn't quite work or, or, or not in this case, cause Firefly works, but I just mean IP that is, you know, from the past and then being like, Hey, let's refresh it with a movie. Um, you know, I, I, uh, X files did that ish. Um, but I'm, no, no, I don't think maybe the first X files movie was okay, but I didn't like any of the others. Right. Right. I think there was just a, there was just two, right. Was there a third one? I thought there were three. Well, they brought it back on okay. TV for a season, but... Um, oh, this one I'm thinking of probably. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I like the first X-Files movie. Definitely not the second one. Yeah. So anyhow, it was kind of one of my first experiences with that, and I was really thankful, and I was glad to see these characters, um, despite some of the things that happened to them in that movie. Sad. Uh, so yeah, so anyhow, Serenity is my number three as well. What's your number three, Susan? It's Ocean's 8. Hey, uh, let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was actually one that I was really hesitant when they were, you know, promoting it the first time. I was like, oh, God, I was like, I don't know how this is going to be. Mm -hmm. But it yeah. was so good. It was just uh, the entire cast does a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. But I just thought it was well acted and it was a lot of fun. They took the formula of the Oceans movies. And I mean, there's there's no... Uh, they weren't shy about the fact that this is a gender swapped, you know, kind of yeah. reboot of what's going on. And I think that's to the, to the movie's benefit that, you know, they were just like em embracing that idea. And, you know, it's very much, um, why am I, why am I slipping? It's, it's um, uh, Sandra, 
right? Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Yeah, yeah. Who, who's great, now yeah. appeared twice on your list. Uh, <laughs> so maybe Sandra, <laughs> yeah. and, Sandra and Sarah just do movies together. And then who's the other uh, female lead in Ocean's Kate 8? Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Is it? Is she? Uh, yeah. I, I'd have to look. Um, it's Kate Blanchett, uh, trust me. And, I mean, I'll, and I'll Hathaway is the other. Hathaway is who I was thinking, yes. but you're right. She's not the the lead. Hathaway's performance in that was what I was trying to get around to. No, no, that's the that's what I was gonna say. Is like, uh, I think that the oceans, like the original oceans movie, they they were more about a team dynamic, mm-hmm. and I think this was more about individual talents. At least from what I was watching, because like I wasn't like watching the team. I was watching individuals. And like the confidence and the swagger that uh, Sandra and Kate pull off in this is like I think better than some of the Ocean's movies. They're right yeah. up there with Pitt and Clooney, but I think Anne Hathaway is just such a fun character to watch in this movie. Yeah, she uh, was I, I one of my favorites. Yeah, I don't think the heist is anywhere near as good as what you would get from the other Ocean movies, but for individual performances, I think this was this one stands out. Uh, Rihanna's great in it. Aquafina's great in it. Um, you know, yeah, there's some fun performances here. And uh, Kate, Kate Blanchett is doing her best Brad Pitt acting while eating impersonation, um, yep. which which I love. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we're on to our number twos, right? Um, yeah. Andrew, Thanks. what's at your number two? Well, this is where I have mud. All right. Well, let's talk about it then. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So uh, this is probably one of McConaughey's best movies ever uh it's definitely about the same time that he was started sort of transitioning from that that i you kind of forget that there was just a long period of time where mcconaughey was just the pretty face and they just threw him in movies and nobody really took him as like a good actor i think it was about the time mud and dallas buyers club came around people like oh wait no this guy's got some chops and he can actually act um i think that it's for such a I guess you could say enclosed movie like the uh, it doesn't feel it's not an expansive movie that these feels like takes over the world. It's a very, you know, structured and small encompassing movie. But what happens within this small bubble, the story that happens is captivating through and through performances are stellar. It's a very interesting story. I, I really think mud was one of the first like breakthrough McConaughey movies that made me go, this guy's got something. Yeah. I, I don't remember where it is in relation uh, tr- to true detective. Um, seems like it was all kind of happening around that same time for him. Um, yeah. But true detective was the first place I was like, Oh, he's not just a good actor. He's a brilliant actor. Like some yeah, of the stuff he Mud does. Was, yeah. Mud was two years before true. That's detective. what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was, it was kind of right there um, before, but yeah, I, I, I love McConaughey. I think he does great work. Um, and he's doing some good stuff in mud. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is hanging out in mud as well. Um, so there's there's some some good stuff going on there. So if you haven't seen it, because that's a kind of an under the radar pick, like it, really it, it, it yeah. just kind of really just kind of flew by. So if you haven't seen it, um, definitely one to to rustle up somewhere and, and figure out. Um, Susan, what do you got at number two? Number two, I have Twelve Years a Slave. Is that- We're yeah, good. Trump. Yeah, yeah. What, I was gonna say I, I wouldn't be surprised if I got Trump. You know, we need, I, I figured we'd all have it at number two or number one. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, I would trump that as well. Um, wow. Which means we can talk about it right now anyway, because uh, it's time for. Or no, I've got my number two before no, that. Your number two, yeah. yeah. Correct. My number two is the post. Um, ah. That's where I have the post. Uh, I really liked this movie. I know a lot that's of people good. didn't. 
Um, I I am a sucker for these kind of movies. If you've watched the show, listened to the podcast, you know, true life um, invest investigations are just really interesting to me. We've obviously seen this story done in movie form before from different angles, and that's great. It doesn't, you know, you put Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep in a movie uh, about a true life investigation, and I'm sorry, I'm just in. The rest of it almost doesn't matter to me. Um, but I think it's really well done. And oh, and did I mention Spielberg's directing it? You know, just that <laughs> that guy who you may have heard of. Um, this to me is a movie that I think I think there is a common understanding of Spielberg now that he's just kind of diminished. He's not making necessarily great movies anymore. And I think it hurt the perspective of this movie. I think he slays it in this movie. I think it's really well directed, really well done. Um, and I think if he had made this movie ten years ago, people would have been all over it. But I could be a little bit biased, but I, I really enjoy it. So you had it in your list yeah. too, Andrew. So what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I had it, I think at number four, I think is where I had mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I'm going to echo a bunch of what you said. I think Meryl Streep, especially Meryl Streep in this is, you know, she has this ability to transform kind of like Daniel Day-Lewis, where you can watch a Meryl Streep performance and you're shocked whenever you see her in something else. Like, oh, that doesn't look or sound, or even feel like the same person I saw from that last one. Um, uh, and Tom Hanks, even Tom Hanks is a little bit different in this. He's more gruff and grumpy than you'd see him in other movies. But um, I think what keeps it from being in like my top three or anything like that, granted it's top four, uh, but even going expanding it to just journalism movies in general, I think that if I'm gonna choose a journalism movie like around this, I think I would definitely choose like All the Presidents sure. Win or something yeah. like that mm. over this. Like it's it's not gonna be a movie like whenever somebody's like we're gonna make a list. Well, maybe a list of the top five greatest journalistic journalism movies of all time. It might crack that top five list, but probably not. It's not a it's not a confident. Oh, this is all on that list, sort of thing. Spotlight might but crack that list. I was gonna say Spot, spotlight. spotlight, spotlight, and all the presidents men are yeah. definitely on that list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I think it's a really good movie. It came out in a year with a lot of stiff competition, though. I think. Yeah, I agree. It did. I agree. What are your thoughts on? Uh, the post, Susan. I know you didn't have it on your list, but yeah, I think it's, it goes again that it reminded me too much of like I loved Spotlight, and I think I couldn't help but feel like it was just not as good. And yeah, it pale. Maybe, like yeah. yeah, did and how far from it was like how long ago was like Spotlight? Was there like I think there's like a two year gap. Two year, yeah. It was still like too fresh. It was too yeah. fresh. It was kind of like. I'd rather just watch Spotlight again. So I, it was, I totally agree with what you guys are saying as far as like the performances and it was a well-made film. I just, it didn't offer anything fresh for me. So it just kind of felt like, meh. Like I, and I remember too, I can't remember what won that year, but I remember what it was like stacked against. It was just like it low went, on uh, my Shape list. of Water won that year. Oh God. And I hated that movie. So. <laughs> I did not think that movie deserved to win. I think, I think that, 2017. I'm just going to list off some of the great movies that came out this year that had was to, go, a good up year. Against, had to yeah. go up against Blade Runner, Shape of Water, Baby Driver, Wind River, Three oh, Billboards, and of course, nobody can forget Get Out came that year. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wanted that to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, they were about two years apart. It looks like uh, Spotlight came out in uh, 2015 and, um, mm. and 2017 was the post. So, yep. Two years apart. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so I think that means we've just got uh, the 12 Years a Slave conversation at your number one and my number one, Andrew, and then we'll find out what uh, Susan's number one is. Um, yeah. So kick us off, Andrew, talking about 12 Years. Ooh, it's a rough movie, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a rough movie, but it's an important movie, and I think that that is what some people, kind of like we were talking about earlier in the uh, pre-show, here's a little teaser for everybody if you want to go check out become a patron and go to the sif pop listen to the pre-show we listened to seasons lifts of shame where we kind of talked about schindler's list it kind of is in that same realm of uncomfortable but important um mm-hmm. chuatelogy for is on another level so is lupita nyong'o who just exploded after this movie and rightly so because she just did it all uh, you also have, you know, other great performances, Michael Fassbender, Benedict Eggs in Cumberbatch. And, uh, <laughs> um, but it's, it's a movie that really drives home, as uh, many other movies have before, but for some, I think it hit just that much more of, like, a time that we try and forget existed, but we can also forget it wasn't that long ago. And we need to remember, you know, because of the things that our ancestors, or I should say some of our ancestors have done, and we we can't forget, and we need to, you know, be reminded sometimes. And it's just an insanely powerful movie. Yeah, uh, I echo a lot of that, Andrew. Um, There is certainly a... People will say, I have had people say to me, you know, why do we have to make these kind of movies? Why, you know, yeah. why, why do we have to look at this kind of stuff? And uh, there's, and specifically, I'm thinking of a scene in this movie in particular that will never leave me. Never. Um, and, uh, and I think that is why. Because I need that never to leave me. I, I need to understand the depth of that inhumanity, the depth of that torture, the depth of you know, how one human could treat another human simply for being different and simply for uh, a matter of, you know, where you came from and what your role is. I, I, I have to have that in, in my heart to, to really be able to wrestle with what that means now, what that means for me, what that means for my own, um, my own privilege, my own life, my own existence, um, you know, what that means for, uh, the perspective of others that I could never understand. And so I I think it's so valuable to have that hurting me so that I can not understand the pain because honestly i can't i just i i don't have that that same ability to really understand it but so that i can find um the empathy to to listen the empathy to hear instead of um think that i do understand or have the answers or you know whatever the case may be so i i I do think there is value in a movie like 12 years a slave um in a movie like schindler's list and you know to to have us um really confront history so that we can find those things in ourself and just snuff them out at the very smallest levels. And, um, so yeah, so I, you know, I, I echo a lot of what you said and, and this is definitely one of those movies It's so well done. It's so well acted, well produced. It's so competently, uh, completed. 
and says something that I need to have impact me. Um, and so, yeah, anyhow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's hard to, after what you said, I mean, you pretty much just encompass everything, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there's a reason why it won best picture too, right? Right. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I used to be one of those people that I hated history and I, they always told me like, you have to learn about history. So we're not doomed to repeat it. And if 2020 has taught us anything, Oh my God. Yeah. We need mm. movies like this. I, I, I used to be one of those people like, why do we keep needing these like movies? It's just sad, but mm -hmm. no, because it can happen in mm -hmm. modern ways. And yeah. that's this, it's just, it's an important film. It's a tough, brutal watch. Lupita Nyong'o. Oh my gosh. Like, thank God she was in this movie because she is a amazing talent. Uh, I'm so glad she exploded after this film, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I keep everything you guys said. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's so valuable, and I have some people who have said on the other side of things. Well, don't you think that when somebody watches something like this, and then they look around and don't see these kind of things happening right now, that it kind of diminishes the implicit bias that is in our system in you know uh, racial things that are happening today that maybe don't look this evil. You know, you look at this and you go, "That's evil," you know, f because of being right there in front of you. And to me, I think you watch something like this and you go, how could there not be an echo of racial bias, uh, you know, a hundred years later, 200 years later, 500 years later, you know, it's just, this is so horrible and so traumatic that trauma, that scar is, it's not going to heal, uh, quickly. It is something we will continue to wrestle with. And the second we start to think, Oh, it's all better. Everybody's getting, you know, it's is the second where you lose the perspective of what a movie like this can can teach you. And so I do think it it kind of plays together in in um in a way that allows you to understand why bias still exists, why people have such a hard time um, you know, finding their way through this. Um because you know, this is this is our history and we have to wrestle with it and we will have to wrestle with it for a long time. And so, yeah, anyways, good talk. Good discussion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, again, is why a movie like this is so important and, and good to talk about. Uh, Susan, that brings us to your number one. Um, what did you have as the number one movie that Sarah Paulson's been in? It's, uh, I'm going to make sure I get these words in the right order. I know with, I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. You got it. So that yeah, is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I Like you are with the uh, crime investigations, the way you're talking about, yeah. I love a good cult movie. Yeah. <laughs> I find it so fascinating to see the type of that personality of the type of person who can get sucked in like that because it, you know, you learn about what's it, it just, there's so many reasons why someone gets into a cult, which I find fascinating, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, this was just a really great movie. And it was the first movie that I ever saw, um, Elizabeth Olsen in and, Man, was she amazing. I didn't mm -hmm. even know the Olsen twins had another sister until <laughs> this film. And so she's just incredible in it. And then actually, I think this was probably the first movie that I really like noticed Sarah Paulson. Like I was mm -hmm. like, yeah. I know I've seen her in other stuff, but she's a good actress. And then like, I think after this film, I, was, I really tried to remember her name, but obviously she's a big deal now. But yeah, it, it's just, it's a great, they're, it's such a low key film, but it's, it's another one that's just really interesting to me. It's, it can be a little icky at times. Too. Sure, sure, and, and as as cults can be, and yeah. uh, and 
for me, when I watch stuff like that, and I also recently watched uh, The Vow on, uh, I think it's HBO that has that miniseries yeah. about that cult. And I think there's a, a second miniseries about that same cult that's on Stars, maybe? Anyways. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and whenever I watch something like that, I just, I, I look at my own head, my own makeup and go, where am I susceptible to this kind of, you know, maybe not to that extreme, but how, because we all are, right? We're all human. We all have the susceptibility to believe things that aren't true because we're all limited in what we know of truth. We all have our own, you know, world that, that limits us. And so, you know, conspiracy theories, those kind of things, uh, the ability to want somebody who you believe has the answers because you know you don't is a very human thing. And so, you know, I, I look for that in my own life, you know, where, where am I, you know, tr- too trusting of a belief system or of my own upbringing or, you know, wh- whatever can be, what do I truly believe myself is true is not true. And what do I base that on? Like, I, that's why I love kind of that exploration of human nature through something like Martha Marcy May Marlene or the vow or whatever is because it allows me to kind of look inward and go, okay, Am I susceptible to this too? The answer is yes, we all are. Um, And it's very easy to go, wow, look at those idiots that got themselves into this and not go, that's just a normal human being who based on their history and their need at the time or or whatever gave themselves to something. And, you know, I think that's, especially again, in a polarized society, it's a very easy place to be because you want to be on your team, whatever that is to you. And you want to agree with everything your team says and everything your your team believes. And it's, yeah, it's, it's um I think it's really valuable to kind of find that in ourselves and figure out, you know, how do we decide what we believe to be true? And um so yeah, I, I dig these kind of movies as well. I definitely had yeah. it in my honorable mentions. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So Andrew had had have you seen Martha Marcy Mar- Marlene? I've seen bits and pieces of it, so no. <laughs> I, I, I could, what I mean by that is like the parts of it that I have seen, I'm like Oh, I need context. I yeah. I have right. no idea what's going on here. Right. Um. So yeah, I have not seen it, but I actually have been intrigued to see it because I I do really like Elizabeth Olsen, and to see uh, you know her full body of work would be you know pretty intriguing. The only two that I have left that I think deserve at least mentioning, even though um, I mean one of them people would consider a great movie. Another one um, I just have a special place in my heart for because of the universe it's in. Uh, one would be Glass. Um, I love the Unbreakable Universe. I know, Susan. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Hate it. I'm with Susan. That movie is awful. Um, yep. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but uh, boy, do I love Unbreakable. And it's hard for me to get yeah. over how much I, I love the fact and that he Split made a couple more too. movies. And, Agreed. and Split, is, Split is still responsible for one of the greatest moments I've ever had in a movie theater. Um, Susan, you're going to love this. I got to tell her this story. Okay, fair enough. So Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> he hates it when I tell the story. Aaron is not one to evoke much emotion, really, in a movie theater. You know, he, he keeps no, it at least not audibly. I cry all the time yeah. at Pixar movies, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> sure. you know, at least like being outwardly vocal. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're there watching Split and then the ending happens where you see Bruce Willis and all of a sudden he's he's a couple rows behind me. And all of a sudden I hear, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They did not just do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think. I think the reason why Glass, I hate it so much, is because Ugh. you built this potential. Yeah. Like, 
You oh, you're gonna take Unbreakable, my favorite Shyamalan movie, <laughs> and take Split, which is a recent Shyamalan movie that I really, really love, and you're gonna put them together. And then I saw the trailer. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great, right? And it, it fell hard. I get it. It was so, so disappointing. The I fact get that it. he even tries to say, like, I don't buy that. That was 19 years in the making. That was like 19 minutes where he yes. was like, let <sighs> me scrap this up and try to like. That was. I agree. He, I believe like. Unbreakable is fantastic. I love Unbreakable. And yeah. I thought Split was a good movie. And that yeah. was a good twist in the end to connect them. And I can believe that that was connected. But I feel like he was like, I have so much pressure to do. And I need to like make this movie happen. Because that started okay. And then ended horribly. But that middle, like, what? Nothing. It was terrible. Is there is there <laughs> any more uh, infuriating director based on swings from great to horrible as M night. Like, I mean, like he, he in my life has just been like, he's run so hot and cold with me. And, and I defend some of his movies that other people don't like. Um, I'm a big fan of, um, the lady in the water. I think that's a really brilliant movie. Um, I think it's doing some things that, uh, that are really interesting to me. So I'll defend movies. Even a lot of people don't like, but then I'll look at like, I mean, the movie that shall not be named, uh, that ruined one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Um, it's like, I just, he, I don't understand how the same person who made six cents in unbreakable can make the last airbender in after earth in like, it's just, how is that the same person? I don't get it. And then he'll come back and he'll do something that's impressive. I think servant on Apple TV plus is a pretty impressive piece of work. Now he's not directly responsible for those, for those episodes, but yeah, I just, I, he just runs so, so hot and cold, but didn't you yeah. do the visit? I was going to say the visit. the visit. I liked the visit. Sure. That was good. Yeah. That was good. Sure. Anyhow, yeah, uh, so anyhow, I wanted to mention Glass uh, just for that conversation alone. Uh, and then also Carol uh, is one that a lot of people love that I just didn't necessarily Isn't enjoy as much as most people. Yeah. She was yes. in that? I, I didn't like Carol. I thought it was yeah. so overrated. I, I agree. It's nice to hear someone else who feels... I almost feel weird saying it sometimes because some people really love you, that movie. You guys and, aren't alone. <laughs> I feel like people said they loved it because they're like supposed to love it. Like at Don't the you time. feel that way sometimes? Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like they're like, oh, it's so beautiful. And oh my God, what a lovely story. I was like, I didn't even, I didn't think they had chemistry. Right. I thought it was boring. Like, Thank you. Uh, you don't have to just <laughs> like a movie just because it's begging for an Oscar. Like, Thank I, you. I have at least yeah. one of those every year during award yeah. season where it's like, is everybody else drinking some sort of Kool-Aid that I'm not? Like, talk about cults. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what, what is going on? What was the Dumb Van Gogh movie that you hated more than anybody on the planet, Aaron? Oh, it was last year, I think, the Van Gogh. I forget what it was called. I put it out of my mind, but I just watched the whole oh. thing going... Who? It wasn't. Were well, you talking about the one with Robert Pattinson and him? Um, no, 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 no. That's the no, Lighthouse. But I also didn't like the Lighthouse. I didn't like that. I hated that movie. Ugh. Susan, I like you. We have a lot of the same opinions <laughs> on bad awards movies. Uh, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. Anyhow, I wanted to mention those because I knew they might be in the conversation. Uh, so there you go. Best ever Sarah Paulson uh, movies. All right, let's finish it off with some uh, buried treasure, guys. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure? people know about um andrew why don't you kick us off i'm gonna go with the willem dafoe movie at eternity's gate no <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> no um 
I have been playing my Dungeons and Dragons campaign for the last two years, and we finally finished it last night. Oh. We finished the campaign. And it was a really fun module, and I want to recommend the module in case anybody out there who does play D&D wants to try out this particular campaign. You can find it. It's called The Mad Mage. It was a lot of fun. It is a pretty high challenge rating, so if it's like if you're wanting to get into D&D and it would be your first time doing it, I would not recommend it. It is... I wouldn't say it's very like high level, but it's it's up there. It it was really difficult, but the amount of fun that you have, you know, just hanging out with your friends, you know, and just role playing, it's a lot of fun. But there's a lot of there's a lot of intense, you know, thinking and stuff going on in this. But uh, yeah, it, it's pretty good. I uh, do not play D anD. d Susan, do you play D anD? I do not. So the the explosion of Dungeons and Dragons into the pop culture mindset the last few years has been really interesting to me as somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience with it. Um, yeah, I like Stranger ha- Things. Yeah, Stranger Things was was definitely one. Um, the um, Harmon Quest show was kind of my first introduction into like watching people play D and D and like Harman as Quest a sh- so funny like a sh- as a show and Harmon Quest really produces it up so that it's it's not necessarily like actually watching people play D and D but that also is a huge thing you know there are several D and D games that people millions of fans I mean people are making critical role isn't yeah critical ro- critical role is you know. A, a full-time giant business now like that is you know yeah. that's that's really interesting to me and and really cool i'm glad that people who you know um who have that in their life are you know kind of enjoying that that resurgence so you know for me i'm trying to think you know like what the uno expanded universe looks like you know that's the game i was playing growing <laughs> up so it's like, you know i was reverse, trying to think like what, yeah like like what is it for me that would be kind of that thing that I, you know, never thought would be mainstream that's mainstream. Um, because even Star Dogs. Wars, I mean, even yeah. Star Wars is a thing where it was like, by the time I was, you know, in middle school, high school, everybody knew Star Wars was going to be a, th- it was not a surprise oh, yeah. that that became a mainstream kind of thing because yeah. we all grew up with it. Whereas Dungeons and Dragons, I feel like we didn't all grow up with that, you know, but, but a lot of people did. So, um, I think that's really cool that it's kind of finding its place in the sun. So um, oh, I'll man. go. I'll go next. Speaking of things, I, I well, I didn't grow up with this, uh, but it was definitely in the world a long time ago, and is back. Is uh, Animaniacs is back uh, with a yeah. new season on Hulu, and I checked out the first couple episodes, and they have not lost a step. This show is so good and so funny. Um, it starts off the the new season with a Jurassic Park uh, parody where the dinosaurs are the Animaniacs and they're like, you know, at, you know, Jurassic Park and they're like, I can't believe they brought them back. And like Hulu is like the greedy business that's, you know, that's putting the the park in. And then, you know, Steven Spielberg is, uh, you know, playing the, the role of the park, you know, owner kind of thing. So it's just, I don't know. It's just really fun. They just have such a great sense of pop culture. They have such a great sense of um, the kind of humor that I enjoy which is a lot of wordplay, 
which is a lot of fun, like parody songs. Um, you know, one of the things I love about the old school Animaniacs were like their song about all the capitals in all the, the countries. Oh, like, gosh. like the, they're so like to be able to do that is so fun. And they've got some stuff like that here. In fact, they do an entire song about reboot culture. That is just all the shows and movies that have come back because they're a show that has come back. And it is one of the funniest self-referential meta great things I've seen in a long time. So this, this show is a lot of fun. I know it's for kids and it really is. It's not necessarily even for adults, but I, I really had a good time watching the first few episodes. So, um, you know, if you've got 30 minutes and you want to laugh a little bit, uh, throw on Hulu and, and check out uh, at least the first episode of the new uh, season of Animaniacs. It's really fun. I'm Yakko. I'm Wacko, and I'm cute. <laughs> yes, exactly. I loved it as a kid. I used to watch it all oh, the yeah. time. I had a yeah. uh, I had a cassette it- of like uh, all the Animaniacs songs. I wore that thing out, man. Like it's wow. just so fun. Is it just the Animaniacs, or do they have like Pinky and the Brain? Oh yeah, Pinky, Pinky and the, the Brain are back. Oh, yeah, all of it. yeah. Wow. It's it's there's a Pinky and okay. the Brain episode in the first episode or segment, I guess I should say. So and it's and it's oh. funny and it's good. That makes me happy. Yeah. 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 Uh, Susan, what about you? Um, well, I am a huge Bachelor fan, uh, and this season, for anybody who's already been watching it, we had to endure uh, a few episodes of uh, Claire Crawley as Bachelorette. Not anyone who's watching it, she was very <laughs> frustrating. She uh, fell in love with her guy. Like not, he came out of the limo, and she. I, said, I, I heard about good. this. I, I, I listen. Uh, I don't watch any of the dating reality shows. They uh, make me actively angry. If I can be honest. <laughs> Yeah. But, but um, I heard that like it was like this instant love at first sight thing, and she was like, "Stop the game, we're getting married." Is it, am I it, wrong about this? You're not wrong, and that nothing is never happened like this before. And I know it's already kind of like out there for them to fall in love in two months, but it's believable. Claire is another level of like romantic Mm -hmm. she she because of the pandemic she was able to search her guys which none of the contestants have been able to do that before and she instagrammed this one guy dale moss and i'm we'll go with that she didn't message him but she instagrammed so that's the controversy right is that possibly they had worked this out ahead of time and had already been communicating she has sworn on her father's grave that she did not speak to him so i want to believe that uh Mm -hmm. but she is honestly she's um she's i don't i want to be kind with the words that i use (laughs) it's a good idea always be kind she's she's very very like she's so she's such a romantic and she's so dramatic when she speaks that Mm -hmm. i do believe she could look at an instagram post of his and real start building him up as the person she's already decided for him to be Mm -hmm. and before so she she already like picked him before right. the show start. He comes out of the limo, they hug, and then she's like, I think I just met my future husband. And so we've never seen anything like this before where I didn't even know who the other guys were because she was obsessed with Dale. That's it. She just wanted Dale. And two weeks into production, she legit like... Elope. They, they, <laughs> I mean, she's like, I love him. That's it. She loved him. And the poor guy is like, they're like, you got to propose to her. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they prefaced it as like, hey, here's this free ring from Neil Lane and you'll get to, you just have to date her. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And you'll get a lot of Instagram followers from it. So why not? So, so you I think mean, it's totally one-sided. Yeah. You think he's just playing along. I think he likes her. I do think he likes her. 
but he said a lot of things like he just kept saying how he just wanted to get to know her and keep dating her. And she's been like, she, cause she's 40. She's the oldest bachelor mm-hmm. that they've ever had. And he's 32, which I mean, whatever, like that can work, but I don't think she wants to have babies right now. She wants to get married right now. And I don't know if he's there yet. And I think, Let's see if they prove me wrong in a year. Good for them, but I don't think he's on the same page as her. So, so is so you're saying that's what was, and now there's something new. So, because of her, they brought in the refreshing and just better bachelorette, Tasha (laughs) Adams. Uh, She was in previous seasons as well as like she was on Paradise and on The Bachelor. Uh, she's also the first black bachelor. Or no, no, I'm sorry. No, she's not the first. Rachel, uh, Rachel Lindsay was the first bachelorette. They they have the the first first black bachelorette. They have the first black bachelor coming next season. That was the big deal. But the fact that they brought her in was really nice. That they didn't. It wasn't just like a knee jerk reaction during the George Floyd stuff. That mm-hmm. they just casted this guy. So they're like they're keeping up with trying mm-hmm. to be more diverse because Bachelor has always been criticized as being like super white and not. Not just Bachelor. In fact, CBS, I think just recently um, did a, uh, a network-wide um, mandate for persons of color making up more than half of their reality cast. So Survivor, Amazing Race, that kind of thing. Um, because there, there's an interesting happens with sur- uh, like Survivor and reality competition shows. I say interesting. It's, it's that bias thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Where and and you see it on Big Brother especially, uh, which is another CBS show, where the, it's not like people are being overtly racist, but the yeah. people of color go home first, and it's just like it's that bias thing that we've all got to work on in ourselves. And yeah, and so it's yeah, I, I I have kind of paid attention to a little bit of that. So it's yeah. the same thing with The Bachelor, where they they'd have contestants they'd go home very quickly, and it'd mm-hmm. be all like white people. So, mm-hmm. but Tasha Adams is just she's already done a really great job of. Uh, allowing the audience to get to know the men. And then this week in particular, she had a conversation with one of her contestants because um, she's mixed. She's half black, half Mexican. And the other contestant is half black, half Filipino. And just about George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. and just conversations like that that are never presented in The Bachelor. It's It mm-hmm. was just... It's, I hope they keep going in this direction because it's it's important, just kind of like what we're talking about with 12 Years of Slay. Like we need to like talk about this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, there were some of those conversations in the latest season of Big Brother too, and I, I thought it was it was valuable and, and uh, important. I can't believe how much I know about this season of The Bachelor. Again, yeah. actively angry these shows make me. Um, because <laughs> You'll and, be angry and, at this one. Well, and, 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 and part of it comes from, I'm a, I'm a romantic myself in many ways, and I don't, like the gamification of marriage that seems really icky to me and so that's the part that makes me actively angry but yeah like it was recently in the news like there was some like uh controversy maybe about a naked volleyball game or something like that That was in this season yeah it was with claire when claire i actually didn't care for it either honestly just because again she's the oldest i hate to say that she's she should be more mature she should be more mature and they have this awkward like volleyball game where like we're gonna do strip Strip volleyball volleyball or something yeah yeah, and then the part, like, the guys already get down to, like, their shorts, and then she's like, let's up the ante. I want you guys to get naked, like, strip. And it's, like, right. they're down to their jock straps, but it's so awkward and uncomfortable right. because yeah, that's yeah. 
the double standard is there too. I was like, if The Bachelor did that to female contestants, he would get crucified. Right. Like, right. Yeah. I, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so funny. If you had, um, you know, your two th- 2020 bingo card, if you had Sif Pop talks about the bachelorette on there, congratulations. Uh, that was, <laughs> was very unlikely to happen, but, uh, but yeah, I can't believe I actually had, had some thoughts on that. Cause again, I never watched the show, but, um, are you enjoying at least the new bachelorette? Like as far as her personality after the other one before? I love her. Okay. I'm pleasant. I'm so surprised. She's great. Which is great. Very nice. Well, I think that's going to do it, guys. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, guys. We did a podcast. We set out Woo. to cast pods, and pods have been casted. So well done to all. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is a part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out on the show again today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing both the video show and the audio show. Thanks, Phil. Thanks. And uh, thank you to Drew for doing a lot of the artwork that you see on the video show. Appreciate it. Golf clip. (laughs) And thank you to our guest, Susan. Thank you for coming by. It was a great time. Is there anything you want to let people know? Thank you. Anywhere you want to send them, anything you want to plug? Like, where can people find you on the internets? Well, y'all can definitely find me at thischicksflicks.com. I'm on Instagram, scomyab13, or thischicksflicks, and um, Twitter as well, at thischicksflicks. Very nice. Uh, it was it was great having you on. Uh, maybe we can do it again sometime. Uh, appreciate yeah. you coming on. Uh, Thank you, guys. Also, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to every single bonus episode. We try to do those weekly, as well as some other fun perks. You can check it all out at patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to comment, rate, or leave a review at Apple Podcasts. You can also email us feedback at siftpop.com and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like the show too so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than replacing your toe with a peanut we will be back uh next week with another special guest and we're going to chat mank uh and more so we will see you then as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.